Hello and welcome back. We are uh, here, um, Cyber Netflix game. It is Monday, December. What's the date? Fourth. December yeah. the third. December the third. I'm a day ahead. Yeah. How about that? Um, so let's go. Uh, let's get into this. Um, there's a couple things that we want to uh, talk about. Um, but first, let's give a, little, uh, a couple of updates. Um, as you're aware, uh, the Cyber Misfits site is up and running. That is www.cyber-misfits.com. If you haven't had an opportunity to take a look at the site, you are missing out. Um, I will be Pretty offering- Pretty fantastic. I know. I'll be offering um, some coaching classes um, and also some mentoring services. So if you're in the IT field, or you just need um, someone to help push you along uh, throughout your journey, your professional journey, please, please, please make sure that you uh, take a look at the site. And also, make sure that you register as a member. Uh, with the member, you get certain perks. Um, there is the paid membership. Also, you could pay, um, it is $19.95 a month. Um, and then there's also the, the free membership. Uh, which is obviously free and then there's also you can pay by the year if you pay by the year you get an extra 10% off any of the coaching uh, packages so make sure you do check it out um, I'm a pretty good coach and will push you along because your success is my success and it makes me very happy when I see people succeed so again make sure you take a look at that site um, www.cyber-misfits.com um, to see all of the services um, that is offered uh, on the site. So that's an update with me. Um, so, Mr. Uh, Chance Corley, uh, what's been going on with you? Hmm, well, it has been a while. Uh, I'm still living here in Colorado, Denver area, mm -hmm. and it is extremely cold at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely cold. I, I would definitely trade uh it's a high 26 right now actually oh wow high 26 you know if i could snap my fingers and trade places with you in sunny hawaii i definitely would well it's a little cold over was... here it's about 74 degrees <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> I need to rub that in <laughs> oh wow i wish i could uh take some of that right now but uh other other than uh surviving the code um, I am in a new uh, position, work-wise, actually, uh, oh, change cool. profession, and I currently find myself doing data analytics, working in programs like SkySpark and Niagara to do, uh, you know, data analytics takes in data from from various systems, from HVAC systems and buildings to security systems to power monitoring to all types of stuff take that data in and and uh, just identify various patterns for anomalies, give predictive uh, solutions for uh, for uh, just different, the best solutions going forward for the most part. So it's pretty neat, it's pretty neat. I'll definitely give more detail uh, at a later podcast for sure, but uh, I don't wanna dive into weeds uh, too deep right now. Oh, okay. But, um, so other than that, uh, it's been fantastic. There's a lot of activity going on in Denver, uh, in Colorado as a whole. 
you know, being the up up and coming tech state as it is. So it's exciting what's on the horizon here in the state. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so let's um, go ahead and, and touch on some of these topics. Um, so the first thing I wanted to talk about is biometrics. Interesting. Before, before I, I, I dive deeper um, into uh, biometrics, I want to uh, first um, just what are your thoughts on biometrics? Hmm. I think just like many other advanced technologies, I think biometrics definitely has uh, an active place in modern times where we are. I think that biometrics has the potential to make things so much easier for us, so much easier from a security standpoint or just even, you know, a, a basic, um, you know, just just a, just making life easier just for the typical person. I've seen biometrics uh, used in so many different fashions. You know, not just uh, you know getting into your account or just layers of security onto your account or, or retinal scanning. You know, to access your bank account or anything like that. But also, you know, to take it uh, to a more practical uh, application, like using biometrics to enter your home. You know. Oh wow! So I haven't, I haven't seen, uh, seen that yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it applied in, in numerous ways. So again, I can definitely see the pros with it, but just like everything, I also think there are cons as well. Okay, know? so in case uh, any of you guys don't know what biometrics is, uh, biometrics is um, a technical term that's used for body measurements and calculations. So basically, um, when you, let's say new technology nowadays, like your phone, you can use your fingerprint to log in. Uh, to your phone, open your phone up, uh, for example. So when you put your finger um, on the scanner, it's, it's after you register your fingerprint for the first time, it gets turned into ones and zeros. So it, it turns into code. So that code is remembered on the device. So the next time it reads the same code again, it will log you on the computer, okay? So nowadays, um, as technology advances, um, we are trying to find simpler ways to log into the devices, to access um, security. Um, and so it's gearing more towards biometrics. Do two people have the same fingerprints? Uh, probably not. Um, Would you say it's a very secure method then? You know, like two people don't have the same fingerprints, but, you know, in, in the case of someone using their retinal scan, to access their front door, you know, and automatically open the, open the lock and allow that person entry. Do you feel like there's any security risk with that at all? Um, so a couple things. Um, so let's talk about the level of false positives uh, with the use of uh, biometrics. And a false positive is when it will read a fingerprint and say, yes, you're good to go, when actuality you're not. That's a false positive. It's also false mm -hmm. negatives um, when it's actually um, rejecting the match um, and it's not the correct match. Um, so there's, there's all types of issues and things with, um, with the use of, of biometrics. I am not against it um, at mm -hmm. all. 
but I think that there's a lot of people utilizing um, biometrics, but they they need to think of the security um, of the binary code that comes after the use of biometrics. Okay, so once you scan your, like I said, like once you scan your fingerprint in, it turns into ones and zeros, which is essentially binary code. Okay. Where is that being stored? If it's stored on a server that can be hacked, then anybody can take that binary code, okay? And if your mm, fingerprint is converted into binary code, you can essentially, uh, for the most part, use that binary code um, and, I don't know, have fun with it, you know, because that's essentially what your device is reading, is just the binary mm -hmm. code. And nowadays, they have the 3D scanners, and you could essentially, um, I don't know, take somebody's, lift someone's fingerprint off of something and scan it in, use your 3D printer to print off their fingerprint. So now you have a copy wow. of your fingerprint and then you can get that and convert that into binary code. And, and who knows the possibility? So it's, to me, it is uh, displaying a false sense of security. That's my opinion. So users who are unaware, they will see Okay, oh wow, biometrics, nice, nice. I can use this to log into my daycare and get my child out. My kid is so safe, you know, when there's so many other factors that are involved. Like, how is that being safe? How is that being uh, uh, secured? Like, you know, do you have the proper things in place for the server that holds the binary codes for these? You know, so I think if binary mm -hmm. code, I'm sorry, if biometrics is being used, there should be some other um, method of authentication used um, in that process as well. So that's my opinion uh, about I'm oh, sorry, biometrics. Um, hmm. There is this uh, no, article. I have not, uh -huh. I have not considered uh, 3D printing, actually. I've, I've ran through various scenarios in my own mind to find the cons of biometrics, but I definitely did not consider that possibility as far as someone being able to do just that, to use a 3D print, to be able to print that binary code out in a you know, fingerprint fashion. Yeah, so I mean, that's actually it's, kind of scary. It's, it's, it's easy, you know, and, and you can buy a 3D printer for cheap nowadays. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you saw it on like, you know, uh, spy movies, you know, where they go and they take the fingerprint, they lift the fingerprint. Oh and, yeah. You know, print had all that <laughs> but it is possible and I don't think but it's possible think about that so I came across this article um, on the morning Express with Robin Mead and they're talking about uh, biometrics used in the school system so um, there's some schools are making the children use biometrics to um, authenticate themselves in like the cafeteria um, or in the library so there's this huge discussion out on would you, like, uh, are, are you for this or are you against it kind of thing? So um, what, are, what are your thoughts? Hmm. You know, I personally just grew up in a time, just a different time altogether from where we are now with technology. You know, so, so initially I would say that I am not a fan of systems in place that seems like we're registering people, you know, we're, we're yes. registering 
uh, children and we're registering ourselves for, you know, some entity, some governmental entity or, you know, whatever company to be able to, you know, to, to track people like that, you know, once you scan your, yeah, and process them. Uh, But again, I say that with a grain of salt, uh, not to say a hypocrite, only because just look where we are right now. Look, look where we are with things. I may not be using biometrics on a regular basis, but I do have my social media accounts. I do have other various accounts, you know, to where it requires you to, you know, set an account, put your personal information in there. So where I'm not being processed by biometric means, I, I, I understand that I'm being processed in some other fashion, unfortunately. You know, so with that said, you know, the, the times that we are in right now, you know, with technology, for example, when I was a kid, I certainly, you know, didn't get uh, my iPad assigned to me with my lessons on my iPad. Mm-hmm. I definitely had old school books back in the day, yes, you know, with yes. book covers and, and all that. So, um, but here we are now in a, in a totally different time. And it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just a recognition. So let's, let's uh, talk about so processing. That, um, you, you mentioned mm-hmm. that. I want, I want to touch on that real quick before you, uh, um, before, before I lose my train of thought. Mm-hmm. So once, let's say a school has the biometrics uh, of a student, um, I don't know if there's certain measures in place to say this is the only thing it'll be used for. Um, or they can use it for other stuff, or now their uh, fingerprints are in a system at the school. So if it's in the school, does the school own those fingerprints? You know, now that, you know, um, that they're using, like, is that a part of their uh, parent agreement thing as far as with biometrics? And then if the student commits a crime or they're trying to find a student, does the police have the authority to get your student's fingerprints from the school if the school now owns it. You see hmm. what I'm saying? So it's, it's like all these oh, absolutely. in place. And then also like we get into where we're, we're making our children get used to or accustomed to authenticating with their, with their body, their fingerprints and everything. So when I feel like there's going to be a time to where it's like, now we're going to have the barcodes on our hands, you know, so all of our information is just on that barcode. So we scan it, that's our credit card. We scan it, that's our debit card. And that is how we authenticate ourselves. You know, that's, so speaking, that's, of, speaking of that barcode uh, tidbit there, in Australia, uh, years back, they actually started implementing that already, that type of technology. It's a little chip that is implanted in your hand. And oh, that scary. chip has, what'd you say? That's scary. Oh, I know, right? But, but you know, and again, people argue the convenience of it. And, you know, of course, with everything, there are pros and cons. That chip, it has people's information on it. It has their credit information, their, you know, like a, like a, a payment method, rather. So people can actually use that, scan their hand, and proceed along with their business. Um, but again, you know, like the idea of, of you know, something or someone constantly tracking my location like that, you know, it it definitely, you know, it definitely uh, makes my skin crawl a little bit. But back to the example of the school and the children using biometrics to get around. 
uh, you know, and, and that information, the school having that information and, you know, what they are able to do with that. I think uh, Facebook and some of these other social media companies are, you know, similar examples of that to where we put our information on Facebook, on these social media platforms with the, you know, the attention of, uh, you know, the illusion of privacy and, you know, just sharing with our friends. But yet this company, again, is allowed to sell our information to other companies, ad companies, marketing companies. Uh, so I, I would implore, you know, a parent to actually uh, dive in a little deeper and see uh, as far as their children's information and what authority the school actually has to, to give that out. But, but it's, it's definitely new times, you know, like we're headed we're, it seems like our society, and again, this generation right now, this generation, I thought the millennial generation, you know, was a tech-savvy uh, generation, but our, the current generation right now, it's, this, is, this is it, you know, this is it. This is a technology path, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, to be honest. You know, I, again, I see the pros and cons. I definitely do, you know, with uh, and I think what Spider-Man said it, Spider-Man's uncle said it the best with great uh, power. Comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so technology is, is not going to slow down, you know, at all. Technology is not going to slow down. So it, it just makes sense for our generations to be apt with it. You know, it makes sense for our generations to be leading that technology and, 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 hopefully gearing it towards safe and productive uses. So, okay. so, uh, so that's my opinion on it. So let's uh, dive into with great power comes great responsibility. Um, and let's talk about when these organizations do have our information, uh, kind of some of the risks that are involved with that. So let's talk about two of the hacks um, that has happened um, recently. Two of the big hacks. So the United States Post Office um, hit a, uh, they just passed a critical uh, security vulnerability that exposed the data of more than six, 60 million customers. So anybody who has an account at the USPS.com website um, you basically had your information at risk. Um, your data was exposed. That is names, uh, any potential credit card information um, that you have. Um, all of that phone numbers, address, uh, mail, mailing addresses, um, email addresses, um, all of that stuff uh, was exposed. So not only that, uh, more recently, the Marriott um, has been hacked, um, and 500 million people have had their uh, information compromised. Um, so, and that will include um, names, addresses, phone numbers, email address, passport numbers, account information, date of birth, gender, the date you arrive and the date you um, departed from the hotels. So they have all this information. So what are your thoughts on that? And these aren't just little hacks. These are 
these are yeah those are extensive enormous hacks and the um the hackers for the marriott international hotels um they would have had access from information dating back to 2014 which is mm. nuts because uh i know i like the marriott so pretty scary yeah it is you know and the sad thing is i'm not sure that there really is is a good answer for this you know the obvious would be for companies to you know to to wake up and you know to really boost their security in in the wake of these these tragic cyber events occurring but i know that these companies are doing just that well you know, i think that i imagine well i imagine that there are definitely companies rolling the dice and just crossing their fingers and hoping you know, for the best or hoping that, you know, they're, they're not at a, a level to where it'll warrant attention from, you know, black hat hackers. But I, I also know that there are companies actually, you know, investing quite a bit of, of their annual uh, budget towards just that, towards security. But again, just like what we're talking about with technology, as something new comes out, this amazing, you know, piece of technology that can be used for all these amazing things. Someone can easily look at that and, and see an, a bunch of terrible things that you could do with it. And they do just that, you know, so people have the knowledge to increase security, but people also have the knowledge to bypass security. So I honestly, unfortunately just don't have the, the answer for it. It's just an ongoing battle of, of, you know, good and bad the ongoing battle and and unfortunately i'm not sure if any companies are able to make their system fully you know unhackable but regardless of well regardless of of you know these events continuing or continuing to occur especially something as massive as this which is is extremely alarming and but but regardless of how many events continue to occur you know these companies and not just companies, but individuals, everyone still just needs to remain vigilant and to do all of the proactive and, and uh, the proactive steps required, you know? Yeah, I, I think enhance their security. that um, many organizations, huge organizations, uh, they look at it from a money standpoint. They want you to check the block, okay? Yeah, we have a security team, check. Yeah, we have all this stuff in place. Check. Yes, we have the servers. We have uh, the latest technology. Yes, we do our updates. Yes, check the walk. Check, check, check. But when it comes down to it, um, if you, uh, this is just my opinion, if you look into their documentation, I'm pretty certain there's a lot of risk-based decisions, um, documentations out there. And what those are is, is basically saying, yeah, we understand we have this risk. We have this vulnerability. but um, we are going to accept the risk so that way we can check this off the block. So if they were to get audited, it will show that they have everything in order. They're accepting the risk if anything were to happen. So let's say um, they have, uh, they update their servers. Well, we're not going to do that because it's going to cost too much money. Let's do a risk-based decision or let's do a POEM, a plan action 
um, and milestones uh, document to say, okay, yes, we're going to get that done in two years. And then once the two years happen, yeah, I want to get that done in another two years. But we have a plan in place to get it fixed, but they never get it fixed. So I think a lot of organizations, they check the blocks, but then something happens. And then they want to hurry up and invest the money and to get in that vulnerability fixed instead of keep putting it off. That's just my opinion. So when you have these massive, massive breaches, um, such as this, the 500 million, at the Marriott, then also the 60, um, the 60 million at the U.S. Post Office, they've known about these holes in their systems. They've known about that. They probably had some eager IT professional telling them over and over again, this needs to get fixed. But someone's saying, no, let's just write it off. We'll take care of it later kind of thing. And that's, that's my opinion. Um, not from any prior experience. Just saying. Just my opinion about um, how this stuff happens. So back a while ago in South Carolina, the, um, what was it? The IRS, I believe, um, was hacked and a whole bunch of people's information was at risk. And it turned out to be, they weren't updating their servers and they, and they were using old systems and processes and stuff. So, um, they had a whole bunch of risk-based decisions, all these documents in place to say, yes, we're going to get a fix. We're going to get a fix. Never got it fixed. Boom. This happened. Nearly all of South Carolina was at risk. And, you know, so that's my thoughts whenever a hack mm -hmm. as big as this happened. It was a hack and they said, hey, um, people from last week to this week, you're affected. Oh, okay. But when something this big happens, no, they've known about this for a while. That's, that's just my thoughts and my opinions on that one. Yeah. You know, and, and I agree with that. You know, I, I recall one of my uh, one of my information uh, information specialist classes in the past, going over this uh, case study regarding one of the largest U.S. hacks in the last decade uh, towards the government, and it was extensive. And again, the, the case study it laid out very clearly that the the information officer uh, for that particular organization, you know, just like you said, had report after report. And the sad thing is, there were, it was like years of reports by uh, this information officer as far as, you know, revealing these vulnerabilities that were just overlooked. You know, it, it was deemed a lower priority. And it wasn't until that breach occurred to where you know, people started doing damage control. By that point, it's far too late. You know, it's far too late and the damage is already done. A company like the Marriott, which is so extensive and, and, and in the wake of some of the largest breaches that we've seen over just, let's just say the last five years, you know, I would say that I would hope, you know, that a company like the Marriott would have taken those precautions. But regardless of, of if they did or not, the breach did occur. Mm -hmm. And at this point, you know, what, what, what did they do next? What did they do moving forward? They, they plug that hole in their security and what? And you know, they need to what, offer what did they do? Uh, protection to everybody who has been affected. That's what they need to do. And that's going to end up costing them even more money. Was it uh, the, what was the, the previous breach? 
was it the Equifax breach? Mm-hmm, Equifax. You know, so Equifax, they had that breach and they offered free protection, you know, or free credit monitoring. But it's like, in my mind, I'm just like, the damage is already done. That information is already out there. You know, you can yeah. plug the holes, but that information is already out. So, you know, for that company to do what? To deploy the latest safeguards at that point? Like, how can they, how can they uh, make their customer base feel secure? You know, like at that point, your information is already true. out there. That is true. And that's, that's a, that's a, that's a good, very good question that I don't, I don't really don't have the answer to, you know, and I don't, I don't know. I think that that answer, people's answers will be different. You know, different people will be, will feel more secure uh, if they just, uh, something as just offer privacy protection. Some people maybe um, require, uh, their answer maybe more advanced than the others, but I think everyone's answer for that one is, is different, um, is very You're right, and mm -hmm. it, it would be. You know, but I, I definitely feel like for a lot of people, it would just suffice for that company just to acknowledge that, you know, they made a mistake or maybe not necessarily a mistake. I'll give a company a benefit of doubt that they are doing everything, you know, that they're supposed to do. They're deploying the latest tactics, the latest safeguards, the latest monitoring systems, you know, the absolute latest and greatest of technologies, keeping up with everything. You know, I'll give companies benefit of doubt. And I acknowledge that, you know, if if someone is skilled at what they're doing and they really want something, then, you know, nine times out of 10, it might be too difficult to stop that person. So I acknowledge that. But yeah. being realistic, when that breach does occur, what can a company really do other than to acknowledge that the incident occurred and to offer some type of, some type of, of, of pat on the back or, you know, just letting the customers know that, hey, you know, we acknowledge that we messed up. We're going to offer you free credit monitoring. I think for a lot of people, that, that's enough. They recognize that their information is already out there and they recognize that this company that they, they show some loyalty to yeah, uh, gave them something. But for me, I feel like, you know, like I understand the situation, but it's that's not enough for me, you know. That's not it's enough for not. me either. And if if it's something that um, kind of happened, it's just recent. Then okay, you know, this hasn't been a vulnerability for that long. I understand. But if it's been a vulnerability for a few years and you you are choosing not to get it fixed, then I feel like I have the right to sue you for negligence of my personal um, and private information. Okay, that's what I feel. I have the right to sue you for that because. Now you put me at risk. And then if my information does get compromised, that's everything about me that's gone. You know, mm -hmm. so I feel like I should sue you for negligence. Yeah, it's a breach of trust. It is a breach of trust. You know, like you are, you're joining this company or giving your information to this entity with the, the thought that they are going to protect your, your information. Exactly. You know, and honestly, I've always, I've always been, I've always been, you know, uh, of mine, of why do some of these companies need all of that information? Like, why you know. do they need so many, 
so much detail about someone in the first place if they weren't going to use that as a secondary source of income and sell it to other marketing types of companies. I agree. You know, but, I first, uh, also on, on like apps on your phone. Why do you need access to all of my, my stuff? Why do you need access to my, my, my pictures, my text messages, my phone calls, when all I want to do is just play a game? You know what I'm saying? So Exactly, exactly. People just like, or does he just go overboard, you know? And then, you know, you really want this game. You might hit next, next, next. Yes, 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 whatever. Now you're playing the game, not knowing that it is reading everything on your phone, okay? So mm -hmm. I, think, I think there really should be some type of hard, hard, hard regulations put in place for the applications and the amount of information that some of these organizations take from their customers. And a really good thing that I like about the fact that we are now in a technology-based era is that our children are growing up into this. So as our children grow up into this technology-inspired um, uh, environment, they can think of ways to change it and to make it better. Because, I mean, honestly, the the folks that we have nowadays, uh, not saying any name, but they're like old heads. They're used to paper and pencil. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they're not like up you to know, date. Like, I mean, when I was watching um, the congressional hearing for Facebook, oh um, yeah, I was about to was say ridiculous. that. Just, uh, <laughs> they, they didn't even know how to internet work. You know what I mean? So I think I think as time progresses, some of these laws, outdated laws, might I add, um, that are in place are, are, are going to change. And that is the beauty that I see with this um, technology-based era uh, nowadays with the millennials, the, the new millennials. So this is, this is awesome to me. Just know that there could be a lot of change in the future. Um, but... I mean, speaking of, you know what it starts with, what? in my opinion, I think it starts with, just like you said, it's, it's awesome that our children are growing up this, this technology generation where we are. And, and that congressional hearing was a prime example of our current leadership. People in the office now are so out of touch with how things are at the present, you know, that, that, just like you said, they understand the internet. They're asking how does Facebook make money when they don't charge people to, to sign up? You know, just basic stuff like that. Oh, so it was, it was I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that changing things, changing things on a, in a, on a fundamental societal level is where we really do need to start. Take people out of offices that don't understand technology or the, the dangers of it and put people in that do, put modern people in these places. Because yes. what's, what the reason why these companies are able to get away with so much, you know, regardless of if they are actually doing all the safeguards and doing everything and checking every single box, you know, that they need to for liability purposes, regardless of, of what, what they're doing, they're able to do that based on laws that are not designed to regulate technology companies. Yep. You know, it's, it's not designed to regulate, you know, or, or put any types of, of guidance on, on just where things are now. Yeah. And, so, and I will say I, um, that some of that is changing with the GDPR. Um, so some of mm -hmm. that stuff is changing, but not, not so much, not, not in my opinion. Um, 
but you know with technology 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 is, is is everywhere and you know technology nowadays is is replacing people you know and i know a lot of companies and and they're uh, employing um like devices to you know for something like mcdonald's to use like a touch screen to order your food i know a while ago there was like a whole like a big controversy about you know technologies replacing people and people losing jobs um so with that type of technology um i found this interesting and yet disgusting article um about mcdonald's touchscreen um the article said that um poop fecal matter was found on the self-ordering machines um in several different locations in england and um london and birmingham and i am so afraid that they test the the machines here like what they will find i mean that's that's disgusting so you know technology is advancing we have these machines out you know but um the simple things is is not being taken care of and here you are you're ordering your your burger and um you might want to wash your hands after you touch that device so mm. putting that you know, out there I, that's pretty gross and just the thought of that makes you want to go find and track down some uh hand sanitizer right now but uh yeah it makes you well, I will say weary on a stuffy touch huh <laughs> yeah you know so and <laughs> the sad thing is for mcdonald's is to have that that event uh associated with their image with their name right you know like you're going into mcdonald's and you're ordering and be careful with the touch screen because there could be fecal matter so yeah so so granted they as can't, far as they McDonald's, can't make everybody wash their hands when they use the bathroom but they could oh make right right sanitizer out there you know um you know it, but but it's you know unfortunate for mcdonald's at least to have that that associated with their image uh but i would say that you know there is something to be said with just general awareness as well you know general awareness for the consumer the consumer going around really anywhere you know they they just need to be to be mindful of the environment of other consumers yeah. Yeah. you know i i know when i go to a gas station you know i I typically find myself, you know, just using uh, just like a tissue to grab the gas handle because, yeah. you know, where I'm using this gas handle, you know, I'm, I'm using this gas handle at 3 p.m. You know, on Friday. So I don't know how many people have used that gas handle just that day or just that week or just that month. Yeah, I agree. You know, so I agree. there's no telling what I'm touching. So I think that same concept applies to really anything in a, in a public public venue even a door handle at a at at some super fancy restaurant you know it might be a little more upscale than your typical fast food place but there are still objects and and um used items that you know you just have to be mindful of that other people have been touching so i think that again it's unfortunate for mcdonald's to have that you know broadcast you know, like yeah, that. Yeah, attached to, <laughs> attached to them about the yeah. matter on every touchscreen. 
that they tested. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, but uh, like, uh, you know, just, just everybody, please, 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 you know, it's just not just McDonald's touchscreen. It's, you know, the little, um, the little thing when you go and pay for your stuff, put your credit card in, you put your pin in or, or Oh whatever. yeah. Oh like, yeah. Touch. Like all this technology is, you know, touch, touch, touch and biometrics. You got to put your finger down for the read, you know, That's true. So just make sure that you sanitize and, you know, and stop the spread of bacteria. Well, so. Oh, back um, to biometrics. And, you know, I going to, you know, my particular gym that I go to, you're, you're absolutely right with that. You know, biometrics, uh, which I totally forgot until just now I'm thinking of. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I use my thumbprint you know, at this gym to sign in and to be granted access. So I always use the hand sanitizer provided. But as you can imagine, the amount of people that just flow through there with just touching this little button. Well, I button. think at the gym, there's other things you need to worry about as far as not being clean. <laughs> That's true. But let's not get into that. So I just want to put that out. You might want to use hand sanitizer regardless. So, <laughs> um, so let's, let's go ahead and, 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 and wrap up. Um, you know, so very, very, very interesting topics. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, there's nothing else I need to add. There's something else you want to add, Chance? Um, no, but I would implore the viewers to take a look at the website. It really is pretty fantastic. And, uh, and I look forward to jumping on the next podcast. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Again, uh, the website is www.cyber-misfits.com. Um, you can find a lot of uh, uh, pictures and screensavers there to help you with your uh, feng shui in your office, which is, you know, your environment, your space. Um, you can uh, do mentoring or coaching services. And then you can also um, have me help you with your interview. Um, this is all face to face and virtual. So you just let me know. Um, again, it was nice speaking with you guys. Um, we'll see you on next podcast right on right on take care guys all right